are Locked On Wildcats. Your daily podcast on the Arizona Wildcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Happy Tuesday, everyone. Thanks for keeping it locked on, Wildcats. I'm your host, Mike Luke. All right, everyone. Don't really want to talk a ton about uh, U of A football right now. And you know what? We've got a good reason why, other than the fact that that was, quite frankly, embarrassing that everybody watched out there. Lute Olson was the last respects were finally paid to the best thing that's pretty much ever happened to this city. Now, he is a he's a guy that, you know, Arizona basketball is what it is. The city is because is what it is because of him. And there's a lot that we're going to get to. But first and foremost, this is a guy, this is a man who was just different. He was unique in that you look at a lot of the great coaches around the country, your Roy Williams, your Mike Shashevskis, your guys like that, and your John Calipari's. These are guys that generally made their name at Blue Blood schools. And again, there's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, you look at a guy like Roy Williams and he he made his he made his living at Kansas and North Carolina. Those are two blue bloods. Again, nothing wrong with that. Take that job if you can. But it's a little bit different if you're Lute Olson and you come in and you do what you did at the University of Arizona. Keep in mind, from 1988 to 2003, Arizona basketball was one of the top five programs in the country. By absolutely any measure, there's just no doubt about it. That's exactly what it was. And when it comes to Arizona basketball, this was a program that didn't have much background. Now, again, you had Fred Snowden. I get that. That's and that's great. And you know what? He had a he had a nice run a couple years. But Arizona basketball was not anything on the national blueprint. That's where Lute Olson really made it. Lute Olson gets here and takes over a team that had a four-win season. And obviously, that's that's less than ideal. I think that that's fair to say. But he takes over a team that has a four-win season, and almost immediately, he goes in, and within two years, they're in the NCAA tournament. And there was a touch of luck, for sure, because Sean Elliott came into play. And what are the chances that a, a, a city of Tucson that's produced four NBA players all time and only one to that point was going to produce arguably the best player that the state's ever seen. There's not a lot of, uh, there's not, that was, that was a convergence of some pretty good news for him. No doubt about it, but there's more to it than just that with or without Sean Elliott, Arizona was going to go places and they were going to become nationally relevant very quickly under Lute Olson. There's just no doubt about it. Now, from 1988 to 2003, again, we talked about it. You have, by any measure, Arizona was one of the top five basketball programs. You had four Final Fours. You had a national championship. You had a runner-up. And you had an assembly line of great players that came through there. What was unique, though, about Olsen is about how he did it. You look at recruiting rankings now. Everybody's really big on the recruiting rankings. And... I'm curious to see exactly what happens with going forward if we ever see anything like Lute Olson again. I don't know that we necessarily will, but his empire was built 
on the back, sure, of blue chip recruits. There were some guys, you know, your Mike Bibbies, your Sean Elliott's, your players like that. But a good percentage of those were guys like Jason Terry, Damon Stoudemire, Steve Kerr, players like that where you generally don't see they were regional recruits. That was what was different about the University of Arizona, and that's what was different about how he built things. You generally don't see things like that. You generally look at it, and you see people that are McDonald's All-Americans across the board. And what happened is, is once these guys got here, they became different. Damon Stoudemire was an undersized guy, but once Damon Stoudemire gets to the University of Arizona, by year two, you're looking at it, you're like, man, there's something here. And then at the end, you're looking at a guy who's basically the West Coast Allen Iverson, who is somebody that's unique beyond belief in that regard. Now, look at a guy then like a Jason Terry. Same situation. Jason Terry was much the same way. He comes in here out of Seattle, again, a regional recruit, a guy that Washington certainly wanted, and a guy that, you know, projected out as a solid college player. But when the way Lute Olson taught, by the time that Jason Terry left here, he was a top 10 pick, and he was a guy that was going to be able to be a, you know, an NBA player that's probably, you look at it, maybe the best player that's ever come through here at the pro level. Gilbert Arenas, same way. Gilbert Arenas comes in as kind of an over or an underhyped player. His dad wasn't exactly um, great for his recruiting process, but, you know, Gilbert Arenas is looking at Arizona and Kansas State. Well, Gilbert Arenas comes in here, and almost immediately you could tell that he was different. He comes in, and a guy like Ruben Douglas, who was at the University of New Mexico, who and went on to lead the nation in scoring, basically booked it out of here. Lute had an ability to find talent that you generally don't see, and I don't know that there's ever been a better minor of talent than Lute Olson in the college basketball world. I just don't think there has been, and Arizona right there was able to see all of that. One thing about it is that we all know about Built Bar, and but one thing you do want to do, you want to get onto Prize Picks. Prize Picks is a place where you can get some of the best lines possible. You know everything about it, and the great thing about it, a lot of these places have reads where you know it's difficult to understand. You don't really know how to navigate it. Prize Picks is a place where you hop on there and you immediately know what you're doing. It's easy enough for my parents to navigate. It's easy enough for my sister to navigate. And you know what? If you think that you can beat the books, they're going to have a line for you. And that's what makes Prize Picks very, very unique. One thing, too, if you're a little bit nervous about it, Maybe get some sweat block at that time. Sweat block, the wipes are absolutely fantastic. If you've got a sweating issue, you're going to want to have these, especially with the way that gambling is going now. This is something that everybody should have. So you should be able to get onto your prize picks and you should have your sweat block as well. And those things will basically get you through it together. They dovetail perfectly into each other. In college sports in the year 2021, I think we're used to people skirting the rules. I think we're used to people just not mainly doing things necessarily the right way. And listen, I'm sure that Lute Olson was far from an angel. I think it's difficult to be a Division I college basketball coach and to look people in the eye and say, you know what, I'm doing everything. But if there was a guy who was doing everything on the up and up, it was Lute Olson. You never heard any rumors whatsoever about cheating. You never heard paying players. 
and more so than anything, the way that loot ran programs, the way that loot won was something you just generally don't see. This was the epitome of a gentleman. And you look around his best friends in college basketball and quite frankly, the players that are the coaches that he didn't like. And I think that was indicative of such. You look at the guys that he got along with, whether that was Dean Smith, whether that was Roy Williams, whether that was, you know, any coach like John Wooden. Those were all coaches that had kind of a regal, pristine factor to them. Then you look at guys that he didn't get along with, namely Bobby Knight and Jerry Tarkanian, kind of the exact opposite. So Lute was a gentleman who did it his way and just projected an elegance about him, about himself. And I think the players honestly fed off that. You look around the NBA right now, you look around the professional sports scenes, and you're going to see it loaded with Arizona players who are either analysts, guys like, you know, Tom Tolbert, Richard Jefferson, you know, influencers, I guess, for a lack of a better term, a Gilbert Arenas, guys like that. Or you can look around and you can find coaches. You can find your Steve Kerrs. You can find your Brett Breelmeyers. You can find your Matt Brazies, your Judd Bushlers, guys like that. And or commentators, your Sean Elliott's of the world. These were all these are all guys who have gone on to be incredibly successful after a successful basketball career. That's why you look at it, not only did this guy make incredibly successful basketball players. These were guys that generally came out of here and were basically void of issues. Now, can you, you know, Brian Williams, a.k.a. Bison Dele, had some issues when he left here, but that really wasn't, you know, he was the far exception. Most of these guys have been incredibly successful outside of the U of A, and I think a big part of that is what Lute Olson was able to do with these guys. And I look back at it, and I think to myself, and Matt Muehlbach was talking with me a little bit about this. In that 15-year window we talked about from about 88 to 03, what was so unique about that was that Arizona, I felt, had a chance to win the national championship basically every year. And I think there were about four years that Arizona was the best team. 88, 89, 97, 90, or excuse me, 98, and 01, 03 was awesome, but they weren't quite athletic enough. And I don't, and I think he kind of mismanaged that team to a certain extent. But you had three, four teams that I thought were definitely the best teams in the country. That might be the only fly in the ointment if there is a fly that, you know, Arizona only had one championship under loot. And it does feel like, you know, there probably should have been two. But be that as it may. If Lute has two championships, you're talking about a no-brainer top five to ten coach of all time, especially considering what he was able to do. Now, he's got one. I still think that he's one of the top 15 college basketball coaches of all time because of what he did and where he did it. He is a guy who, at the excuse me, at the head coach position, built an entire program. How many guys have gone in there and built something that is all of their own in our lifetime? You generally don't see it. He goes in there, and Arizona basketball is because of Lute Olson, and I think that's something that you certainly have to take into effect. You look at the great coaches, again, Mike, Tom, a guy like a Tom Izzo, a guy like a Rick Pitino. These are all guys that went to programs that had had major success in the past. This guy was di- different. This guy did it his way. So, sure, he might not have the titles that somebody else does, 
but I weigh his success much differently than somebody that might have done it at a smaller school or excuse me, at a bigger school. And that's where you look at it. He was a guy, too, that at least for me was he he brought basketball to the absolute forefront for me. I still remember where I was when I watched my first U of A game. I was at Brunswick Bowling Alley, and it was the Chris Mills, Khalid Reeves, Damon Stoudemire team, and they were playing the University of New Orleans. And from that point on, I was hooked. And I watched every single game after that to the point where I could pretty much recite all the players. I could recite all the teams. And it was just something that was different. There was a communal feel to it. There was a big-time environment. And that's what you like to see if you're a college sports enthusiast. Now, we're never going to see anything like that again. But when you watch those Arizona teams, not only were they great, but you felt that you had a sense of, you felt that you were part of that team. And again, I just don't think that we're ever going to see something like that necessarily again. And a big reason why is because of Lute Olson. Now, one thing about Lute, and I don't know this for a fact, but Lute was a big, strong dude. Matt Muehlbach talked about this. Lute was a strong guy. And the one thing that I would imagine that he consumed, if he could have consumed, was a built bar. Because for the strong man, that's what you want. And if you want to stay lean, just like Lute was, built bar is the way to go because it's going to help you be strong and it's going to help you stay lean. Now, I'm gonna, we're going to continue to talk about Lute Olson a little bit later on or throughout the week. We'll have Schuster back on. He's going to talk about Lute and just kind of how different he was than anything we've really seen, certainly in Arizona and, quite frankly, in the Pac-12. Because outside of John Wooden, nobody ran a conference like this guy. Thanks for keeping it locked on, Wildcats. <laughs> 